Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today, and we're so thankful for you. We're thankful that you want to learn more from God's Word, that you want to be spiritually focused, that you want to think about your faith in your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by studying with us each day here on Search the Scriptures. We keep emphasizing that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So as we come together each day and do exactly as the name of the program suggests, we dig into God's, into God's Word, we search the Scriptures, study them, try to come to a fuller understanding of what they're really teaching us, then our faith should be growing. And as our faith grows, we should make up our minds that we want to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, our prayer is that you will make that decision and that you will be willing to repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrender to Him in baptism, wherein the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago is still 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And you can be reborn spiritually in that act of obedience and surrender, and you'll be made new to walk with your Lord through the rest of your life and ultimately be with him in his presence right there, literally in heaven with him for all of eternity. Oh, yes, our prayers are with you. Our prayers are for you. And our prayer is that you will grow in your faith and that you will live that life before God that he expects of you and expects of every one of us. Now, I want to encourage you. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button. Click on that, and it'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. Now, this is free. It always will be free. I'll repeat that. It is free. It always will be free. If you have listened to the program for any length of time, you'll notice that we never ask for financial contributions or support from our listeners. That's not what we're about. We're here to help you get to heaven, not to, take your, and not to be after your wallet. We want to help you have eternal life with God in heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive all of these radio programs every day, Monday through Friday. They'll go right to your smart device, whatever the one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whatever one you choose, and it will be automatic. So if you can't be with us one day, later on you can pull up the podcast and listen to that very program at your convenience at a time when you have the opportunity. We want to encourage you to encourage others, your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, anybody and everybody to sign up for our podcasting. You'll not only receive our radio programs, but you'll also receive all of our sermons. And you'll receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, as long as we continue to podcast those. And you'll receive a great daily short about a 12 or 13 minute Bible study each day that we call today's Bible class. And that's seven days a week. Well, great opportunity, a lot of resource material. Encourage everybody you can to sign up along with you. And again, it will always be free. We're going to get back into our study. We're asking a very pertinent and personal question that really, I believe, a whole lot of people feel the weight of the answer about. And that is, are you struggling 
with a sin you cannot seem to quit. Are you? That may be you. Or it may be somebody you know. It may be a family member, someone you love dearly. And you have tried to talk to that individual. You've tried to reason with them. You've tried to be supportive of them. And you know that they're struggling with some particular sin that they just cannot seem to let go of. Maybe they've tried over and over and over again, but they just keep coming back to it. Well, prayerfully, hopefully, this particular study will help not only you, but it will help them as well. We've talked about how God expects us to live a holy and righteous life here in this world if we want to enjoy eternal life with him in heaven. So I want to emphasize again, there is no room for a lackadaisical attitude about sin in our minds. There is no room for a kind of just complacent attitude or mindset about committing sin in our daily living or living a lifestyle of sinfulness. Sin is our enemy. Well, actually, the devil is behind the sin because he is the great tempter. But sin is the problem. Sin is mankind's, humanity's, number one, hands down, no comparison problem in every, in every generation. It's not global warming or climate change or famine or drought or violence or wars or pandemics or anything else that we read about or hear in the news. Mankind's greatest problem, most severe problem, deadliest problem is sin. Sin. God expects us to live a holy, a righteous life before him in this world if we want to be with him for eternity in heaven. So we talked about how God sent Jesus to the cross as the perfect sacrifice to pay for the price of the guilt of our sins. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. And when Jesus came, bringing the gospel message of salvation from the throne room of heaven to all of humanity for all time, he emphasized that we must repent or perish, repent of our sins. Luke chapter 13 and verse 3. Because you see, the wages of sin is death, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. And so repentance necessarily precedes, it is a prerequisite to our being forgiven of our sins. What is repentance again? Literally a change of mind, but it is a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior or lifestyle. It is the, the principle or the idea of turning, away, turning around or changing directions in our lives from a spiritual perspective. We must repent or perish, Jesus said. Again, Luke 13, 3, and then he repeated it in verse 5. When Peter and the rest of the apostles were questioned at Pentecost, after that resounding, direct, emphatic, and very... A, 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 a very convicting sermon in Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost. In verse 37, many ask them, what shall we do? How should we respond to this preaching, to this message, this gospel that has been, you have just proclaimed to us? And the first word that Peter said in response was repent. You have to change your mind. You did not believe in the Savior. You've got to believe in him. 
But understand, believing in the Savior, true faith is not just intellectual understanding and agreement. We've talked about that many, 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 many times, over and over and over and over and over again on this program. It is a belief that is put into action through obedience and dedication and service on an ongoing basis through the rest of our lives. So you must believe. They didn't believe in Jesus. They had to believe in him. They rejected him. They had to accept him. They would not obey him. Peter says you've got to obey him. You need to repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You want your sins forgiven. You need to be forgiven of your sins. You've got to repent and you've got to turn to him in in obedience and surrender in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. Be baptized for the remission of sins. Now, why is that necessary again? Because the wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, we saw where another crowd gathered. And this was after Peter and John, by the power of God, had healed a lame man. And so again, they started to preach the gospel to that multitude of individuals that had gathered on that occasion. And in verse 19 of Acts chapter 3, again, what was the first thing they needed to do? Once they believed in Jesus, repent and let every one of you be converted. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Repentance precedes forgiveness. Forgiveness can only be granted when a person has repented. And then having turned to God through Jesus Christ, repenting of sins, obeying the gospel message of salvation through obedience, or rather through baptism, through the surrender of baptism, at which point again, God through Christ forgives us of the guilt of our sins, then we must live the holy life. We could think back when, when John, the cousin of Jesus, referred to as John the Baptist or John the Immerser, when he was calling the people, preparing them for the coming Savior, he said that you need to bear forth fruits that demonstrate your repentance. So it's not just a one-time thing, oh yeah, I repent, I'm so sorry. And then you go back to your sinful lifestyle on a regular basis. No, it is a lifestyle of repentance, a lifestyle of change. And so Paul talked about in Romans chapter 12 in verses 1 and 2, how we need to, how we need to be transformed, that we need to not be conformed to the ways of this world any longer. We need to, we need to present our bodies a living or our physical lives a living sacrifice every day, living for Christ. We need to live that changed life. And the Apostle Paul talked about his life, how it had changed in Galatians 2 and verse 20 when he said he had been crucified with Christ and the life that he still lived in the flesh, his physical life, he lived by faith in the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for him. In James chapter 1 and verse 27, James says, pure and undefiled religion before God is to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Why? Because the world is engulfed in the darkness and condemnation of sin. Remember what we read in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, where John said that friendship with the world 
is enmity with God. Or if you're a friend of the, of the world, you're not a friend of God. Do, you lo- do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then he said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. In other words, the world, in general speaking, is lost in sin. And so we cannot be caught up in the ways of the world. In verse 17, John said, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Peter, the apostle, also wrote in 2 Peter 3 and verse 10 that God is going to bring this world to an end through the judgment of fire. And I believe we're to understand because of the predominant sinfulness of mankind at that particular time. Whenever God analyzes and says, okay, that's it. The world is so caught up in sinfulness I'm going to bring it to an end, similar to as he did in the days of Noah, when the thoughts and intents of mankind's heart was only evil continually, with the exception of Noah and his family. Well, we have to make that change. We have to make up our minds to change our lives, turn away from the sinful lifestyle, and live the righteous and holy lifestyle before God through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and we look at verse 22, and then read down through verse 24. Notice what the Apostle Paul wrote in this particular text. He said that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in the righteousness and holiness, in true righteousness and holiness. You see, again, the emphasis is we've got to change. We've got to repent. We've got to make up our mind to change our lives, turn away from the sinful lifestyle, and become that new creation in Christ. How did Paul put it there? Put off put off, put away that old man, your former conduct, what you used to be when you were living in sin, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, as we come to God through Christ, as we make our commitment, surrender our lives to him in baptism, his blood cleanses us of the guilt of our sins, and we are born again. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see or not enter the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. We've got to become that new person from a spiritual perspective. Put on the new man, Paul said, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, no question but that God expects us to live a righteous and holy life in this world while we're still in this physical existence. But as we're baptized into Christ and our sins are forgiven, we're born again, we're transformed. But we must live that transformed life every day. As Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new creation. You've been born again. You've been made new. You're in that new person now. You've put off that old person with its sinfulness. And you have been transformed. You're no longer living according to the ways of the world, but you're living a lifestyle of true righteousness and holiness before God. So that is what God expects of us. That is, what, that is the lifestyle we must take up. But here we come back to our question again. Are you struggling with a sin that you cannot seem to quit? Again, you've told yourself and maybe you've told others around you, people who care about you, love you. Maybe just people who are friends of yours, maybe you work with them and you, you know, you know, you need to change. And so you've made a declaration. I'm going to stop doing this, whatever it is. But you keep going back to it. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's sexual immorality. Maybe it's pedophilia. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's hatred. Maybe it's profanity. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's procrastination. The list could go on and on and on and on. There's something that you can't seem to let go of. Something you can't seem to quit. You keep going back to it over and over. And it may just be really causing you tremendous pain, but you keep doing it anyway. You want to quit. You want to change. But you keep going back. And you keep living that lifestyle. In Romans chapter 7, in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul expressed in very vivid language this inward struggle that so many of us find ourselves engaged in, and so many of us on a continual basis. He said in verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, or what I want to do, I do not do. I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, what I don't want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. In other words, sinfulness. He says, I'm, I'm, when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm sinning. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. You want to change? You want to come out of that particular sin? You want to stop it? But you keep going back? It continues to destroy your life? It continues to cause you problems, in some cases untold problems. How do you quit? How do you quit? For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. And I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills or wants to do good. 
I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Is that where you find yourself? You know what you need to do. You want to do it. You want to change. You want to stop whatever that sin is that's got you in its clutches, and you can't seem to pry those clutches open and escape that particular sinful action and behavior. Paul said in verse 24 of Romans chapter 7, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Is that where you're at? You feel like you're that wretched person? You know you've been doing wrong. You know you continue to do wrong. You want to quit. You want to do right. You want to live righteously. You want to be faithful to God actively. You want to serve him. You want to live a clean life. Oh, but you can't seem to quit. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from the body of death? Paul answered, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul was thankful because he had learned that not by his power and strength alone, but by the power and strength of God through Christ, he could overcome that temptation he could overcome that sin. He could win the war against the great tempter and deceiver, the devil himself. Paul said in Philippians 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, as we come to the close today, I want you to understand, it's not hopeless for you. You have hope. If you will turn to God through Jesus Christ, you can overcome that sin that you can't seem to quit up until this point in your life. You can pull yourself by God's power and strength out of the clutches of that particular sin or those few sins that you can't seem to quit by God's strength by his power he can deliver you but you've got to come to him through Jesus Christ you've got to repent make up your mind and surrender to him in baptism for the remission of your sins now you may struggle thereafter in fact, you almost certainly will with that same temptation. But God will never leave you alone as long as you don't leave God. And you can, through continued dogged determination and prayer to God for strength and deliverance, you can come out of that sin. You can stop it. You can change your life. We'll look into this further next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us so much.
And thank you for offering your strength and power to deliver us from sin. Thank you for sending your son to the cross to pay the price so that we could be forgiven. Help us, Father. Help us to be assured and to turn to you for that forgiveness and deliverance through Jesus Christ. Our prayer is for forgiveness, gracious Father. And hear our prayer, please, in Christ's name. Amen.